You are now tuned into a place where erotic visions and erotic experiences of the male exotic entertainment world come to life. I am your host, Flame. And as you should know, I am for ladies about me. So sit back, relax, stand up, or walk around and feel the heat of 1,000 degrees. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Can you feel it? It's almost time. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I'd like to welcome you to the 1000 Degrees podcast, where visions are heard and the truth is the word. I am your host, Flame, and I am for ladies about me. Let that sink in. Finally, episode one, get this thing off the ground, get it moving. So much to talk about, so much to cover, things you didn't know, things you did know. The ins, the outs, the goods, the bads. It's all going down right here. So we're going to treat this just like that number one bestseller book that you go to Barnes and Nobles to pick up. You don't go grab it, pay for it, take it home, and then open it up to chapter five. You got to start in the beginning. Page one, chapter one. The alpha, where it all started, why it started, what made me get into it. You know, a little bit about myself, some history. So here we go. Sit back, relax, enjoy the mood, enjoy the vibe. It's going to be one hell of a ride. So I've been doing this male exotic dance thing for 17 years now. And, you know, I've seen a lot. I've been to a lot of places and a lot of people ask me all the time what made me get into it. It all started you know, as a dare, this female that I worked with was having a little gathering with her girlfriends on uh, Valentine's Day. You know, we was talking trash, of course. I was CEO at a prison. And she dared me, like, yo, I dare you come dance for us, whatever. Because we used to play around with it, but it was nothing that I really wanted to get into. I didn't look at it as a career or nothing like that. My job was sufficient enough. So me and a co-worker of mine, uh, G. Will, we was talking about it. We laughed about it. We joked about it. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Just go ahead and do it. So I um, I told him I would. I had no costuming. Nothing. I had nothing. No clue how to dance. You know, when it came to stripping, none of that. No clue how to beef up. I was lost. Completely lost. So I went out, bought some uh, some white fur material, um, put that around my ankles, had a white silk shirt with a white mask and this white leather uh, G-string thong type deal with uh, some chains on the side. It was dope. I actually still have it. You know, we get there and of course I had to get a couple drinks up in me to break the nervous vibe or whatever. Here I am about to get naked in front of these women. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm still following through with it. Music starts, 
I creep out the back room and um, I get it popping. Lo and behold, when all that's said and done, I made a few dollars. I was like, okay, whatever. It's just a few extra bucks. Ain't nothing major. Gas money because it was in it was uh, in Vineland, New Jersey. And um, went back to work and a little time went by. And then another co-worker of mine, Holloway, came up to me. And he was like, yo, my wife is having this sex toy demonstration. I want you to come and do your thing. I was like, listen, I don't do this. Like, I, I don't know if I can do that. He's like, it's not what I heard. You know, I want you to come. I'll pay you. I was like, okay. So he gave me $35 up front. I was like, all right, cool. So then went out, bought some black leather uh, chap shorts type stuff and the black leather top and you know, once again, costumes, trash. Routines, ass. I have no clue. That was the first time I started uh, bringing fruit to my routine. I had to figure something out. So I get to the party, and once again, I, I'm in the basement, me and G. Will. I'm getting myself together. I go upstairs. The women are there. I do my thing. Um, I didn't know how to beef up, so I didn't, you know, it wasn't, I didn't, didn't get completely naked. I didn't pull out flash as they call it. Um, but I had a nice, I had a nice routine. They liked it. They enjoyed it. And I made more money. So I was like, shit. Um, yeah, I think I'm onto something here. I have to figure out exactly how to, you know, really turn this into something. Cause I was comfortable. I didn't have a problem with getting naked. You know, it was just, I needed to find out costuming you know, the beefing up process and pretty much tighten up a routine. So I was like, all right, cool. Went back home, um, gave it a little more thought and decided to, to reach out to some people. And um, that was kind of on a difficult side because me being the new person in the game, trying to get into the game, it was always a threat. It's like the it's like the the drug drug game on the corner. You you know you see a new guy come in and he's been slinging or he wants to start slinging. You looking at that as money out your pocket, and that's how they looked at it as money out their pocket. And um, you know it was understandable. It was like okay, whatever. I'm gonna continue to try. So did some more research. Couldn't find nothing on my own. Reached out to a couple people. They didn't want to help fine no problem my brother knew um, a dancer by the name of nitro and he said he was going to turn me on to him so i was like okay that works so while that's brewing there was a female named china that i worked with at the prison she knew a promoter in philly the number one promoter in the game at the time Miss HBO, which was Lady Simsy. She was the best at it. I mean, she she was she was top of the line, top of the line. So she set up a meeting with Lady Simsy at this club called the Upper Deck. And um <laughs> reached out, told her I'd be there, and that was on a Friday. I think the um I reached out to her a couple of days before that. She gave me the address. And I had no idea about that side of town or anything. So I get there. It's little, looking a little rough. I'm not used to that. And I walk down this, this little hallway. 
I make this right. I walk up the steps. I hear this music. And um, I get to the top of the steps and she's sitting there. She's like, she's like the queen. She's sitting in this chair up against the wall and you got the dancers lined up in the hallway. You know, you got a couple females that are up there, but then the females, as they come up the steps, they get to see the dancers, you know, chilling. So it's like that, that enticing fan thing. So I was like, okay, cool. And um, at, at that point, it was, it was all new. It was starting to come into, you know, coming to the light, like, okay, this is, this is, this is funny. This is funny. There was a lot of arrogance in the room, a lot of arrogance in the room. But I, I played it cool. Uh, she brought her main, one of her main entertainers from her team out and was like, you know, I want you to, it, she introduced us and was like, I want you to talk to him and, you know, let him know what the game was about. And um, we went to the back room where the pool table was and it was just, it was just an interesting conversation. A real interesting conversation. I stood there and listened to everything that that dude had to say, man. And it was funny because he was low key trying to diss a nigga. And it was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. I can laugh at it now. I was pissed off then, but I can laugh at it now. And um, after we got done talking, went back out, talked to her. She said, you know, you can watch the show from behind in the dressing room. You know, if you got any questions, let me know what you think. And um, man, oh man. It was it was interesting. It was interesting. But uh, you know, just before I get into that, just just give me one minute. Give me one minute. And uh I'll be right back. The one thousand degrees podcast has been partnered with Hope Performer Body Oil. Remember, there is always hope. Are you suffering from dry hair? Itchy scalp? or dull skin lacking brilliance, there's no need to suffer any longer. There is always hope. An all natural, organic performer body oil, formulated with the perfect blend of some of nature's best, enriched with vitamins and minerals to help rejuvenate the mind, the body, and the soul, while leaving you with an amazing radiance. It's not just for you, it's for everyone. Because there is always hope. Yes, yes, yes. All right, let me go ahead and, and continue the rest of the story. So the show starts. I'm peeking through the curtain. And I see guys in the back by the bar. I see, uh, you know, the DJ booth up top. I see the MC guy on the ladder. Uh, I'm look, you know, I look behind in the dressing room where I'm at, and you got guys in the corner and they doing their thing. You know, they, I guess they're beefing up, and I didn't know what was going on. It was just so much to see, and I'm just observing everything. So, first guy, they 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 introduce the first guy, and I watch him. You know, they introduce the second guy, and I watch him, and I'm saying to myself, okay, it's not that difficult. Like, not everybody. Is dressed the same. They they they're making money, but they're doing different things. And it's like, all right, cool. They're dancing. The music 
basically all sounded the same. They would just loop certain pieces of a record over and over and over and, you know, have this crash sound, this loud explosion sound in it. And um, it was like, okay, all right, it don't look, you know, too difficult. And lo and behold, this one guy comes out, man. I, I One guy comes out, he has on this peach color leather costume with the cowboy hat and high boots and the, the duster. And this man moved like he was skating on ice, man. I can't even lie. Like, to see that for the first time, that was intimidating. His name was Young Rider, and he, the way he moved to his music, the way he was in tune with the audience was just incredible. It was completely incredible. I did not expect that at all. The first couple of guys, they was cool, but to see him, it was it just blew my mind. It blew my mind. So I watched this guy's whole set and he was making crazy money. But the way he moved was what I was focused on. Like, damn, like he's smooth with it. He's, you know, he can get down. He can do the house music and all that stuff, but he was just so his walkout when he walked out and then when he got to the stage and you know came out of the costume everything about this guy said grace on it remarkable just remarkable so i'm watching and that was cool and then i started seeing a couple other guys come out and um you know when the show was finally over um went and talked to you know lady simsy about what i saw and she was like, okay, cool. If, you, if you're interested, you know, I'm giving you an invitation to come back and you can dance. You know, you can open up. I'll let you go ahead and, you know, get on the stage. I was like, oh, shit. I don't think I'm ready to be on the level with these guys. But at the same time, if this is what I wanted to do, can't turn back. I got to go full throttle. Got to go full throttle. So I go home. Uh, tell my brother about it. He's like, all right, cool. You know, and back in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I got to get a real costume. I got to really put something together. So I went and bought um, some patent leather pants, a nice uh, zip up shirt from the S&M store. Had the, these black boots, black Doc Martin boots with fire on the side to represent my name, flame. Like I was, I was good. I was good to go, but I was still like, uh, routine-wise, I don't know how this is going to go. And um, week goes by, that, or the time goes, a couple days go by, and I, I meet Nitro. And I tell Nitro, yo, I got invited to the upper deck. And he kept telling me, yo, just be mindful. You know, those dudes be hating. You know, it's not what you think. Just understand anything can happen. So I was like, okay, cool. I keep that in mind. But he also was rocking at a club called Broad Street Eddie's. At this time, Philly was popping. Philly had major clubs going on. So Broad Street Eddie's was on a Thursday. So he was like, listen, I'm going to take you to Broad Street Eddie's and introduce you to Lawman, which, which was the dancer running it, and, um, you know, see if he could put you on. I was like, all right, cool. So week goes by. I got my routine together. I go to the upper deck. I do my thing. Now, check this out. 
this this was my first time rocking and it, yo it's just funny how niggas will do you I'm in the back I learned how to beef up cool still it was it wasn't the way it was supposed to be but it got the job done the lady comes back she gets my music it's on a CD she's looking at me like what is this that is my music <laughs> apparently these guys were still using cassette tapes <laughs> so I was the first guy to come into the game with my music on a CD so these guys was in the back with pencils putting the, the pencil uh, in the in the hole on the cassette tape the, the rewind the tape and forward it to a certain spot and, you know when you when you would hear their set, some spots you hear the muffled sound of the tape getting all ruffled up inside the case. This shit was funny to me because here we are in the 2000s and these cats are using cassette tapes. Yo, blew my mind. It was just hilarious. So I'm in the back. I'm hyping myself off. I'm screaming. I'm yelling, trying to get all hype. You know, I see her take the music to the DJ and um, I can hear the MC on the mic saying, you know, what is this? And he says, oh, this, oh shit, this nigga got a, a CD? Who is this nigga? And then when the when the DJ played the CD, I had an intro with my name in it. Yo, people was like, oh, what is going on? They wasn't used to that. Not from a rookie anyway. So the music plays, I'm hyped up. I mean, I'm hyped. I had my man, Ness. Vanessa was in the back hyping me up. Slam was in the back hyping me up. They was hyping me up. They was in my corner. So I go out and I'm doing my thing. I choreographed a routine to some some music soul child. And um, I go out, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting everything. I'm hitting the whole routine the way it's supposed to be. I finally get on stage for the slow song. I'm so comfortable that I decided at a certain point I was going to whip out. Nature Boy didn't want that. Nature Boy was an older dancer he didn't want that so this nigga decides to cut my music and tell me i'm a rookie i can't do that i was like okay embarrassing hell yeah did i make a few dollars of course but i was so pissed off about it that he went that route as a rookie i had no leg to stand on i went to the back i was so embarrassed that i stayed in the back until the show was over. And then once all the women left, that's when I had left. But while I was back there, Finesse was like, yo, they want to see you, go get some money. People are asking where you at, you know, they want to talk to you. I, I was just, I was too, I was devastated, man. Like that's, it was just a bad experience. So once the crowd cleaned out, I went out, I talked to Lady Simsy, I thanked her for allowing me to rock there. And um, that was that, man, I went home and thought about what happened. And it was it was a lot to reflect on, but at the same time, I knew it was a business that I wanted to stay in. And I wasn't gonna let no niggas deter me from getting this paper because I knew it was out there because I saw it. And I knew that, that, you know, the women wanted to see what I had to offer. All right, no problem. On to the next. The 1000 Degrees Podcast has been partnered with Hope Performer Body Oil. Remember, there is always hope. Welcome back to 1000 Degrees Podcast. Once again, I am the host, Flame. 
and I am for ladies about me. Let that sink in until you understand what it's about. Where visions are heard and the truth is the word. On with the show. So, as you see, my start was just, it was random. It was really random. Like I said, I had a full-time job as a as a corrections officer and it started as a dare and I kept pushing you know forward at that point once I had my my mindset on getting money you know they was doing some shady things at the job and I knew I wasn't going to be there too much longer so it's like okay yeah I got bills to pay so I'm gonna get this money and it was something different you know what man wouldn't want to be around a whole bunch of women to get paid to take his clothes off like shit it was just a bigger opportunity for me to make money on the largest scale and not have to worry about what was going on, you know, at the prison, you know, and, and making sure my bills and stuff was going to get paid. So, you know, it, it was it was a big step, and I'm glad I took that step because that that day, that Valentine's Day in 2002 in that house is what sparked me to be where I am today in the business. 17 years later, nonstop, I've been to East Jablip and back many times over, have danced for thousands of women, you know, has has performed in front of one and has performed on stage for as many as a thousand. So who would have imagined that that one little dare would lead me to a, a career of entertaining women on an adult level? It sounds great. It sounds, it sounds fabulous. You know, there's, there's a lot of perks in the game. You know, you, you, I haven't bought a plane ticket in 17 years. And um, that's what people don't understand. It's more than just that. It's not just good all the time. There's also the bullshit, which people like to sweep under the rug. You understand what I'm saying? Once again, that's, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole, oh man, that's a whole episode within itself. But that's the start. Now, to fine tune that, my style of performing is very seductive. I've never been that guy to jump around. Could I? Of course, I got rhythm. I can move. But to me, it was providing that sexual fantasy to women and and doing things on that stage that they were not used to seeing, that they were not used to getting at home. So my thing was honey, rose petals, strawberries, which then turned into chocolate, which then turned into... Um, butterscotch, which then turned into caramel, and then you had the peaches and cream. So my thing was edible. My 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 vibe, my mood was bringing edible things to my performance. They were not doing that. When I started, dancers was going out, dancing, and that's it. Pulling out, that was it. So when women saw me, you know, pull out, a bottle of honey bear honey you know and then I pour it on me and then I got somebody sitting in the chair and I take her shoe off and I pour it on her feet 
and suck it off her toes and all this money's coming out, that was something new. They never saw that. So that's why I was making the, the crazy money from it. And, of course, dancers were salty. A couple of dancers was like, nah, you can't do that. That's nasty. You shouldn't do that. I'm thinking, I don't give a damn. Bottom line is, this is my time to shine. When I'm performing, that's my time to shine. You cannot tell me that I can't do something. If it's within the rules and regulations, then I'm going to do it. So let me be free. I'll let you be free. Let me be free and be great. And great is what I was. And great is what I am. And I never changed that. You know, it took me a minute to find my style, to find my flavor. And once I found it, I just, I, I, I honed in on that and, and stayed with it. Yet other people was biting that style. Well, ain't nothing you could do. You know, they say imitation is the best form of, of um, a flattery. I, I guess, you know, it, it is what it is. But there were so many different elements. You had the music, which I was doing already. Uh, I was producing music since 1992 uh, with my brother. And then, um, you know, I was I just kept going. I kept producing music. So the whole studio setup, you know, I already had all of that. It was no big deal. The costuming, um, that was the difficult part because I was going out buying things already made, but I wanted to, to have something made. And I didn't know anybody who was a seamstress. So my brother knew this female named Miko, who was a seamstress. He introduced me to her. She made my first costume. And it was nice. It was, it was really, really nice. I wore that. Everything was great. And that was the only, that and the black one was the only one I had. But I wanted to keep making fresh costumes. Couldn't get in contact with her again. So I said, you know what? Fuck this. I went out, spent $250 on a uh, sewing machine, went home, broke down some old clothes, looked at it, see how it was made. And I taught myself how to sew. Started making my costumes from that point on. That was in 2000, and that wasn't late. That was late 2002. And I've been making my own costumes, making my own clothes ever since. So I'm a self, self-taught tailor. I taught myself how to use sewing machines and make clothes, um, which was definitely a, a money saver because guys was paying two, three hundred dollars for, for outfits from seamstresses and tailors, and uh, you know they getting them every week. Cause that was the that was the big thing, big shows every week, you know, uh, large scale mail reviews every month, and these guys was coming. To, they was coming to show, they was coming to show. So they was kicking out crazy money. I was saving money. They was kicking crazy money out. So the 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 elements were all there now. So now it's time for me to to make my name solidify Flame's name in this business in a minute. Are you suffering from dry hair? Itchy scalp? Or dull skin lacking brilliance? There's no need to suffer any longer. There is always hope. An all-natural organic performer body oil 
formulated with the perfect blend of some of nature's best. Enriched with vitamins and minerals to help rejuvenate the mind, the body, and the soul, while leaving you with an amazing radiance. It's not just for you, it's for everyone. Because there is always hope. Now, when it came to mail reviews in the city of Philadelphia, you could find a place to dance Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, big shows on Saturday, Sunday. Like, there were many places to go to make money on a regular every single week. And if it wasn't in Philadelphia, you had Jersey, you had Baltimore, you had D.C., the entire tri-state area was was money. So let's focus on Philadelphia. Just to name a few clubs, early clubs, clubs that came in later. You had Broad Street Eddies. You had the Upper Deck. You had Club Enterprise. You had Dynasty. Club Third World. Second Cousins. Polaris. Starlight Ballroom. Um... Club Beyond. Um, there was places like Sable Show Bar. We had a couple of shows there. Um, uh, Dowling's Palace, Barbara's Hall. I mean, you name it, and we had a show there. Somebody had a show there, and when I say those shows were lit, packed out, they was just it was money making. Once the ball got rolling for me, the, the, the money that was being made on a weekly basis was ridiculous. I mean, we, we was, I ain't going to speak for them. Let me speak for myself. I was making anywhere from 800 to 15 a week. And that was, that was as a rookie. These other guys was probably making more than that. But as a rookie, that's what I was making. It was free money. Absolute free money that women would just give you. And I'm talking on the weekends, you have two, three, four, five private shows. And and as a new person, once again, this is still my rookie, this is still my rookie stuff going on here. I didn't know what to charge. My very first private came within two months after I really got into it. And I just threw a price out there and they wanted to pay it. She asked me how much I said, $185, which was so odd. You know, it was such an odd price. I didn't ask nobody what I should charge. I just threw a number out there just to see if she would give it. She says, okay, no problem. Just like that. I was like, shit. You mean to tell me I'm good. I'm getting ready to get paid. 185, I'm sorry, $185 to show up by myself in this woman's apartment and dance for her girlfriend and also make tips on top of that for approximately one hour? Wow. It's about to go down. Okay. 
That was a hell of an experience, <laughs> first of all. But that's like any other private show. You never know what you're going to get. But Broad Street Eddies, Thursdays, wall to wall, packed, dark on one side, stage on the other side. Any and everything was going down. Um, you know, like I said, the upper deck was the upper deck. The 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 cream of the crop every month. This is what I have to give Lady Simsy credit for. The cream of the crop every month in Philadelphia. The biggest show in Philadelphia in my era. Second Cousins. This place was huge. And I mean huge. And every month she had this place packed out. Wall to wall. And I mean packed out. Dancers from Jersey, Baltimore, VA, DC, you name it, they she brought them in. Because these cats knew they was gonna leave with some crazy money. The stage was huge. The walk from the dressing room upstairs, downstairs, you got this long walk to get to the stage. And when the when the when the heavy hitters would come out, they had their costumes. They would stop at the bottom of the steps and then do their little thing and then go to the, the floor and then start walking. These cats was walking on money. I can remember it so clear, seeing the woman throw money on the floor and the nigga ain't even walked there yet. There was a trail of money. So he's walking to the stage, he's doing his thing. He's, he's breaking it down. He's moving. He's, you know, he's performing. By the time this guy hits the stage, I kid you not, he got to have about five or 600 already before he even hit the stage. And once he hits the stage and allows everybody to see him, here they come. Here they come. These niggas was making money. And it wasn't just on the performance. It was also on the float. The float is when you get done performing and you... You work the crowd. That's when you go in the crowd with your shorts on and you give them lap dances and you play around with them. You feel them up and you let them get up close and personal to you and you go ahead and, you know, you can hand your business cards out or whatever. You just talk shit and they give you a couple dollars here and there. You can make crazy money off of that too. So as as a rookie, I'm just there observing. Like, Simsy had this rule. You wasn't touching her stage within your first year as a dancer. You had to earn that. She had to feel 100% comfortable and be confident in your performance to hold it down and perform by yourself in front of her audience because it was that huge she didn't let any any dancer get on that stage these guys were performing amazing sets their costumes was amazing you know everything about what they had going on was just big time that's i guess that's why she was on hbo's real sex but it was big time and i understood that i could respect that i don't know what happened to the business now you know, all across the board, and we'll get into that. But back then, there were standards. You had to, you had to earn your rep. Plain and simple. There was no rookie coming in, getting hot numbers and getting high bookings. And no, 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 no. That's not how we did it back then. You came in as a rookie under somebody's wing or by yourself. You had to earn your spot. You had to earn your position. I was trying to be pulled towards the horseman which was, at the time, Finesse and Rue. Um, 
Babyface, um, Leo, rest his soul. He was a uh, Immortal TM. Ness was Immortal. They was all Immortal TMs, but then they, they broke off and made this side crew called the Horsemen. They was trying to pull me towards them. But as a as a new person, I didn't want to click in with a group automatically. I wanted to make a name for myself. And then eventually, I think my second year is when I joined the group, and that was kind of forced. <laughs> That was a forced situation, um, but I, I wasn't mad. You know, I wasn't mad that that situation happened because when you, when you're with a group, and your group is is a solid group, you're going to get more money. You're going to get more opportunities to make money, um, and a lot of fans want to be part of it. They want to be part of something. But Lady Simsy had this spot every month, man, and it was it was just remarkable. It was just unbelievable. Her level of promotion, her the, the team she had, um, you know, the, the support that she had was just crazy. So she had that in upper deck, so she was killing it. You know, Lawman was was killing Broad Street Eddies on Thursdays. Um, you know, every every spot was just popping. Every spot was just popping. So my thing was get some business cards made, start passing things out, and you know, see what happens. The, the The money was in the private shows for me as a rookie. That's where the money was at because I was fresh meat. And since I wasn't getting that kind of play on big shows, you know, my thing was let me get into the private sector where women can get up close and personal to me and they feel a little, a little more special to spend their money and have me by themselves as opposed to amongst, you know, a whole bunch of other women. It's just me and them or me and their friends. And I was I was cool with that. I was really cool with that. Uh, so the business, I was learning. I was learning the business. And, and of course, you get your fan. Your fan base builds up. And that's when the perks kick in. And, you know, females want to start buying you stuff. And, uh, you know, they want to spend time with you. And, once again, I didn't have no woman at the time. My first year, I did not have no woman. So I was a single man. I had I was... Uh, had my locks. I just started growing my locks. I was 200 and something pounds. So I was solid. I was the fresh meat. I ain't gonna hold you. Almost every piece of pussy that came my way, I took it. Bottom line. Almost. Not all of them. Because I just, just wasn't kind of trying to spare myself around like that. But almost everyone that came my way and, and offered it, I never chased it. They would offer it. And then, okay, I, I, all right, fine. I ain't doing nothing else. Then I would do it. Still never had no woman. I wasn't even exclusive to anybody. I was having fun. I was getting money. I was getting women. I was getting gifts. And I went from being a CEO sitting on my ass watching grown-ass men telling them when they can eat, sleep, and shit for eight hours to becoming this man who women are throwing themselves at and giving money up to him for taking his clothes off and being close to him. That's night and day. And I damn sure wasn't mad that I had that opportunity to experience that. That's a that's a once in a lifetime. You know, not not everybody, not not all men can do that. You know, that you 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 gotta be a special person. You have to be a, a selected individual by God to take on that challenge. And to, to do it the right way without getting caught up with all the drama and all that other extra stuff. I don't have no kids. I didn't end up with no kids or nothing like that. 
but it, it was, I was having fun. I was just having fun, enjoying the game. And that's just what it was, a game. Because you didn't know what was going to happen. It was the roll of the dice. You make a move, you wait your turn. That's all it was. Either you're going to win or you're going to lose. And I was winning. I was not going to stop winning. So many people tried to stop me from winning. But I kept going. I kept pushing. And it, it just, it was just exciting it was it was it was really it was really exciting so there you have it my alpha my beginning my chapter one i may bring a part two back to this because there's so much more to talk about so much more to touch on and not to mention you know the perspective of other entertainers and you know how they got into the game and what the, what's their thoughts on it. It is it's it, the game is so huge, it's so big right now. So I can't you just can't fit everything in in one shot. But like I said, this is just 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 this is just the beginning. This is episode one. So once again, thanks for tuning in to One Thousand Degrees. I'll see you on the flip side, episode two. Ain't no telling what we're gonna do. Where visions are heard and the truth is the word. All I can say is peace. Earn your rep. Hold it down.